Welcome to a new episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleep and rivalry in baseball, co-hosted by Patrick covering the Boston Red Sox and myself covering the New York Yankees. You could follow us on Twitter at Talking Rivals. You could get us on the web at talkingrivals.com. You could also follow you could also find our podcast wherever you find your podcast at Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. And you could also uh, follow Patrick at Patrick Trotter. You can follow myself at CP7NY. And you could also f- catch us on Sportswire Radio, which is at sportsanarium.com backslash player. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017, for all the scheduling of all the other great shows on there. So, Patrick, another interesting week for both of our teams. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> trending in different directions, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Red Sox are look last last episode. I was thinking, okay, the Red Sox they're gonna feast on Seattle, on St. Louis, and hopefully split against Atlanta. And they split against Atlanta, and um, and they come home. And they just lay an egg. They had two off days. Monday last Monday was an off day, and last Thursday was an off day. And so they had plenty of time to set their pitching rotation and whatnot. And they had two leads in the games against St. Louis this weekend. And Jansen blew two saves. Um, you know, that type of thing's going to happen. But it's just tough when it happens back to back. Yeah. It's um, but I mean, with their bullpen, it, it's not like you can go to somebody else. You just got to keep running out your your best arms and see what happens and the good news is for Red Sox fans that Sale looked dominant a couple games ago. Um, mm-hmm. Pitched eight innings, I, and I get it. Some fans wanted him to go back out for the ninth. He was already at 110 pitches. Oh, yeah, that's up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did everything you could ask for. You're up, you're up by a run. You give it to you give the ball to your closer. Yeah. And um, the night before was James Paxton, and while his stats weren't great, he did strike out a bunch of people. I think he had nine strikeouts in, let's see. Yeah, five innings, four hits, two runs, nine strikeouts. That's not bad. No, not at all. If he can pitch like that, then it's going to put more pressure on the other guys to either it's going to give Cora an option to either go to a six-man rotation or or – kind of kick somebody out of the rotation and, and yeah, make that bullpen stronger. Right. Good move. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, it's between Hauk and Pavetta and right now I, Hauk is struggling after one time through the uh, order and Pavetta is struggling no matter what the order is. <laughs> and it's, you know, he's, I think he's pitching for his, for his career this tonight. I, I hate to say it that way, but. I mean, he's two and three, but his ERA is over six. Right. Pavetta. And he's pitching tonight. It's a tough game against Luis Castillo, but I think I think he's pitching at least for his Red Sox future tonight. Hmm. And you got um what's his name coming back too? Um oh God. How do I not think of his name now? Uh uh Whitlock. Is coming back in a few weeks, right? Yeah, he should be back really soon. And then that just makes the team that much stronger. 
and you can go to a six-man rotation depending on the off days. I know they have a big, um, I'm looking at the schedule right now, they have a big road road series, road trip in San Diego at the Angels at Arizona. They have a couple days off though here. So I don't think they're going to have to go to a six-man rotation. I think that's why I think Pavetta is going to get judged by tonight's game. And if he doesn't step up, I could see them skipping him or moving him to the bullpen, maybe using Hauk or Whitlock as an opener because they're not as great after the fourth inning. It's uh, it's tricky. They should definitely put Whitlock in the bullpen, though. He was so good out of the bullpen that, that yeah, first year. Give him, like I said before, I trust – give it from Sale to Whitlock to Jansen. Yeah. That's you have a game set up right there. That's that's I think what Red Sox fans would trust. Uh use Hauk maybe out of the bullpen. Hopefully Paxton can stay healthy, but we both know how that goes. Right. And it was it's just a tough series because they split against Atlanta and then at home against a bad St. Louis team and Arenado and uh Goldschmidt got hot they woke up and and arenado is so good defensively just watching him day in day out now for a couple games unbelievable yeah so and last night monday night was the 10 to 1 loss against seattle it's one of those games you just got to throw away and hopefully you could take two out of three from seattle tonight and tomorrow but uh to wrap up the week i i would just say that uh, that the bullpen, you can't, if you're a team that everything has to break right for you to make the playoffs, you can't be giving away these games. Right. You have a lead in the late innings, you have to win them. But we'll see if the those two losses come back to bite them at the end of the year. But how did the Yankees do this week? Well, it started off great. Um, anytime you get the A's on your schedule, that's a good week. Just, you know, that's a good thing. Um, the A's are just so, so bad. I mean, they're just, they're, they're just like a, I would call them a triple A team at this point. They're that I bad. I told you that Ruiz kid was going to steal some bases though. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's about it. Yeah. Even Rooker, their, their best hitter. I mean, he's their best hitter and it's like, God, that's your best hitter. Jesus. You know, he's probably yeah, he's, fourth he's, outfielder. He's the, <laughs> the order. Yeah. So anyway, we got we had three games with them, beat them 7-2, 10-5, 11-3. So everything was great, you know, especially after coming off losing two out of three to at Tampa. Tough games to lose there. Obviously, we talked about that. Um, but then we had Tampa again at home, four game series after that Oakland series, which was great. Perfect time to bring them in after getting your confidence back. And um, and the first game they just they lost eight to two. Um, between Herman not really having it, then the bullpen just completely just gave it up. You know, uh, when when Ryan Weber makes a makes an appearance, you know things are not going well. So no. yeah, he mopped up, gave up a couple of runs as well. So ended up losing eight two. But then Friday and Saturday night were were uh, Saturday, not Saturday night. But those two games are easily the biggest and best wins for the Yankees all season. They fought back, beat, you know, by beating the Rays, um, 
Friday night was six to five. Um, that was the uh, Anthony Rizzo game where he had a couple of home runs and including the, um, the go ahead one in the eighth inning. Um, just a, you know what those two games and even the last game on Sunday um, we had that game and just another, you hate to say it, you know, cause I, I don't like piling on Boone at all, but we're up four, three in the fifth inning Schmidt's having problems. He got the bases loaded. They take him out and instead of bringing in, and I know the, the bullpen was really taxed and he didn't really have many options, but Albert Abreu in that spot with the bases loaded. I just didn't understand that, you know, and Taylor walls, I know he's not exactly their best hitter, but still, I, I don't think you want to bring in Abreu with the bases loaded, um, you know, against the Rays in that situation. I, I thought, you know, they ended up bringing in Marinaccio back all the way in the ninth inning, but I thought Marinaccio should have been in, in that spot to get out of that tough spot and then give Abreu, you know, a clean inning to start, whether it's the sixth inning, the seventh inning, eighth inning, whatever you want to do. But I thought that was a really bad move on, um, on Boone's part. And I'm sure he got killed on social media too, but that's, I did not understand it. Schmidt, once again, you know, once he gets into the fourth or fifth inning, it's, it's not good. So, um, but there are, there is good news on the, on that spot. I don't know if Schmidt's going to be out of the ball, uh, out of the, the rotation yet, because Seve is supposedly going to return on Sunday because he's making his last um, rehab start, I think tonight. Um, and then um, supposedly he's going to be back on Sunday. If everything goes well, it looks like he's going to be back on Sunday and probably Brito is going to be out of the rotation, which I know some fans are not agreeing with. Um, I, it, you know what it comes down to? It comes down to Brito having options and Schmidt does not have any more options. Right. So that's really what it comes down to. Um, and I guess they want to keep Brito uh, stretched out as a starter instead of putting him in the bullpen. So I guess that's it. Um, but uh, yeah, and that last game, we actually fought back because that game we were down um, going after that, after that grand slam. <clears throat> you Sorry. guys got back within one. You were down by a it bunch. Was eight to four. Yeah, it was eight to four after that fifth inning. Yeah. But we bounced back, run in the seventh, two in the eighth, and then Judge in the ninth inning hit one right to the wall in left center. And they said, oh, because the wind was blowing in at a certain miles per hour, it held it in. Otherwise, it was a goner. Whatever. We lost. So we ended up splitting, which is not awful. You know, um, but to me, the seven games so far that we've played against Toronto, the, uh, t against Tampa, the three in Tampa and the four in New York, it just showed me that, yeah, Tampa is a good team, but the Yankees could easily, and I think any team in the division can hang with them. So yeah, Tampa's not as good as their record. No, but they are still a good they're team. Still, and they're, yeah. yeah, they're still a playoff team. I'm not, trust me, I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying that I think all four and including, including Boston could all hang with Tampa. They're just, yeah, they're a good team, but so is this entire division. I mean, the Yankees are five games over 500 and there's seven and a half games out, you know, in next to last place. So um, I, I listen, com 
when you look at, I, I know a lot of Yankee fans are, you know, they're killing the Yankees because they're in fourth place. They were in last place up until a couple of days ago, playing horrible. But you know what? Half the roster is on the IL. So yeah. I, I think they've played pretty well considering, you know, a third of your lineup is out. A third of your rotation is out. Three or four guys in the bullpen is out. I mean, key guys are all out. These are not, this I is mean, not Aaron Hicks and, you know what I mean? Yeah, this look is, at the difference that Bader's made just right. coming back. One guy. Right? Now imagine Severino, Rodon, all the bullpen pieces. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's it's going to be huge when, when these guys all come back. I mean, Sevy, hopefully, you know, if everything goes well tonight, yeah, he'll be back on Sunday. And I think that'll be awesome. Um, and Stanton will be back hopefully in a couple of weeks. It's, you know, I haven't heard any setbacks with him. So at least not yet. Rodon, that's a whole other, that's, I, I don't, I don't know. Everything I'm hearing, you know, he might have to get another shot or he's starting to throw, he's starting to have a catch. And, and it's, I was reading uh, an article and they said, or he said, Rodon said, he goes, it's not, I don't feel any pain whatsoever in my back. It's like stiffness. Like it doesn't feel right. Like where he throws, he says, if I throw a sinker, it's not a, it's not sinking. Or if I throw a fastball, it's not going where it's supposed to go and all this kind of stuff. So. Yeah. He, Rodon, I wouldn't count on him for anything right away. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll be honest. If he comes back anytime before August, it'll be, it'll be, you know, an extra. I just hope he gets here before September. I'll be honest. If he gets here by September, gets a few starts in September and is ready for the playoffs, then I'm, yeah. I'm fine. You know, obviously, hopefully we make it too, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think once this team gets even more healthier, because we, you know, the Tampa is the best team in the American league right now and they hung with them without, yep. you know, half their roster, basically. So I, I feel pretty good about their chances. You know, I don't know about getting, listen, they could definitely catch them in the division. I'm not saying they can't, but if they don't, I'm sure they're still going to get the wild card. So I'm not worried about them not making the playoffs this year. Um, but, um, and then, you know, we, we have to bring it up. Last night, Yankees, Blue Jays, um the whole thing with Aaron Judge peeking over to his right what, what were your thoughts about that whole thing and now Tam uh Toronto saying that he cheat that they cheated and what yeah, were your thoughts listening to how how the Toronto I, I guess I understand what the Toronto announcers were saying because they were they brought it up literally right before the home run they said well we don't want to say you know anything's cheating it because it's not they didn't mention that part, but um, it does look a little fishy. And as they were saying it, the next pitch, it's a home run. So 462 feet away. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I really, I didn't see anything there. It's to me, he was uh, the way you explained it and the way I, I just saw it. Um, it made sense that there was chirping from the dugout over a bad call before that. And he was just looking over almost like, okay, what the hell is going on? Right. Shush. I'm trying yeah, to, <laughs> I'm in the I'm middle trying to... work here. And yeah. I don't think even, even Red Sox Twitter is most of them are saying, look, judge doesn't really need to do this. So I don't think he would. And the, the catcher's got to do a better job of if he, if he was looking over to the first base coach, 
the catcher has to do a better job of covering his signals. And if he's use if he's not using pitch com, then that's on him. Right. But I think that's a lot of ifs. So I don't think there's anything there. But what were your thoughts? I look at it this way. Yeah, he was peeking over. If if you believe what the Yankees are saying, like you said, if they were still chirping or still arguing from the dugout at the umpire, that's one thing. Now, if you go by, okay, maybe they were sign stealing. I, I don't know how they're going to sign steal with the with the pitch com. So I'm thinking if it was any kind of uh, advantage that they were trying to give to judge is either location of the catcher or the pitcher was tipping his pitch, like maybe with his grip, you know, maybe how he holds the glove in the ball or something. Maybe they pick something up on him. I don't know. But either way, it's not cheating. No, that like, part is not cheating. That's no, not cheating. It's no, just, it's, it's, it's not. recognizing, it's being alert. Right. That's all that is. So if if that's what people think is going on, that's not cheating. So even if it is that, I'm not, I really don't know what it is. So I don't want to lean on, yeah, it was because of the arguing or yeah, right. it was the, I really don't know because it kind of looks, you could, you could make an argument for both sides. Um, but either side, like, like I said, that's not cheating. So if it was that, you know, good on them and bad on the, the on Toronto for letting that happen. That's, yeah. that's how I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> It just, I don't know. People uh, go from one extreme to another. Then you start hearing, oh, the Yankees have a history of cheating. What if history that of was cheating? Toronto versus Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be nothing. Of course. So, so. It, it makes, I don't know. To me, it makes no sense. Um, it's all to do about nothing. Um, it, it's going to be interesting though, the rest of the series, because the Yankees and the Blue Jays already have a little bit of a, not a little bit, but a big rivalry going, right? The last yep. time they were in New York, they hit, um, Guerrero and, you know, so I could see where something might happen tonight. It's going to be interesting. Um, with, I don't know if they're going to try to throw a judge, maybe they'll throw inside on them. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see what they do now. I don't know if you really want to poke that bear. No, no, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> but I, I kind of hope they do. But <laughs> I think the best way to deal with it, and it's easier said than done, is first inning, just go right at judge as far as attacking the zone and try to get him out. Right. Just just one, two, three, get a strikeout, and that, that shuts it up. But. Yeah. It's easier I, said than done, so. Yeah, I'm just I'm curious though to see what's going to happen the rest of the series, even the rest of the season, because it's been building. Like yes. I could see one of those big brawls coming between the Yankees and the Blue Jays. It's just coming. It's like it's everything is it, it's starting to pile on, right? Every every series, something else happens where you're like, oh, okay, you know, and then it just builds and builds and builds. And we've seen series rivalries like this, obviously, Yankees, Red Sox. We've seen that for decades now. And uh, I remember Yankees Orioles, they, the Yankees Orioles brawl back in the nineties was. Yeah. I think that's still going. Oh, that was the best brawl in the history of brawls. But um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens the rest of the way. And I mean, and just a, a side note, like just looking at Toronto and watching them, like, I think we've mentioned it 
before we kind of talked about, like, there is something wrong there. I don't know what it is that the combination of players, the, the pitching is awful now, like Manoa. I don't know what happened to that guy overnight. It seems like from one year to the next, he's, he's, he went from a future ace to a, a, yeah, he went from like a two ERA to a five. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's very strange. Uh, I, I'm, on paper, they seem like, and look, they're still seven games over 500. So, yeah. But on paper, they seem like a team that would just, okay, they're going to make the playoffs and then we'll see what they do. Yeah. But it's, it's not a given. It's far from a given. And there's a disconnect between the, what they look like on paper and how they play. Yeah. Yeah. I see it because, you know, listen, Vlad Guerrero is going to be Vlad Guerrero, Bo Bichette. Those guys are stars. They're going to do what they're going to do, right? Those numbers. Matt yeah. Chapman's having a, a great first month. You he's know, having he's a great gonna, contract here. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to drop under 300. I don't think he's going to hit 300. You know, for a guy who's been a 220 or 230 hitter, um, but he, he'll still get his money. You know, I mean, that guy's a Gold Glove third baseman, no matter what he hits, right? So yeah. uh, then you got, you know, Varsho. He has not really hit well since since they traded for him. Springer has not had a good month yet. Um, Kiermaier has been pretty solid and he always kills us going back to Tampa days, but the pitching I thought Merrifield was going to be a more important pickup than he turned out to be. I thought he was going to help them as far as a veteran. Yeah. But I agree. I agree. Um, they need something, whether it's another, I'm not sure because again, they're over 500. They're a couple games away from being in second place in the division. Um, yeah, they're not third. a bad team. They're not bad. Yeah, it's just, it's, I, I think we, I think you said it, uh, if it was last week or two weeks ago, it's like, this is the team, like for the last couple of years, we're like, okay, this is the team to watch. This is the team. Yep. This is the team. You know, eventually you got to be the team, not the team to watch or the, the young team. They're not the young team anymore. This is, this is it, you know, like win. Now it's time for you guys to win. I hope not, but now's the time for you guys to win. Because, you know, you're not the young team anymore. You're just not. You're the team that's in your prime. Get it done now. But Yeah, and I was watching, obviously I was watching the Red Sox games. And last night with Seattle is another team that's kind of around 500. And I, they're doing this all with Julio Rodriguez batting 220. Mm. And uh, Kellenick is coming on pretty strong. They're just a good, solid team. No one's batting. I don't think anyone's batting over 280 in that lineup, but they just find a way. Yeah. And then quietly, the AL West, I mean, if, it's a big thing, but if you take out Oakland, every team's over 500. Right. So I don't know if it's going to stay that way, but I, I mean, Houston getting with Altuve, I'm not sure if he's back yet or if he's, I know he was on a rehab assignment. Yeah. I don't know if he's back yet either. Yeah. And they're pitching. Think about when you, when you think about the long, you know, going back to last year, like how many guys that they've lost, right. They lost Verlander in the off season, obviously free agency. Valdez was supposed to be the guy he's out for the year. Um, Urquidy is out. Garcia is out. That's not including Verlander. That's three fifths of your rotation out. Yeah. And then you got McCullers. He's he's been out. I don't know if that guy's always hurt anyway, but yes. I mean, 
this is a team that's been hit by injuries. And like you said, um, um, Altuve's out, um, you know, Pena's not hitting like he did last year. You know, Bregman's 212. Abreu has no home run yet for them. Jose no, Abreu. That's, that's <laughs> weird. It's just something's going on. Is it is is it shows that his or injury? <laughs> it shows that his age is thirty six. Maybe he's a little bit older. There you go. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> he does look kind of done, but yeah. Hey, this is a guy that could you know we've seen what he could do, right? This is a guy that just drives in a hundred runs in a bad year for himself. So um, I wouldn't count him out just yet. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, yep. he's not a guy I'm. I'm going to count out yet, but still no home runs in the middle of May. That's kind of glaring and only seven extra base hits. So. Wow. Yeah. That's it for a guy that, you know, that was a big, big free agent signing for them. Um, yeah. that's it. But you know what? Baseball right now you could say is a little off, right? Because if I told you before the season that in the American league, the top two ERA leaders would be Sonny Gray and, and Eduardo Rodriguez, right? Would you believe me? <laughs> no, no. Both of us know all too well about those two names. Right. Under two ERA to add on to that. And Detroit is quietly just hanging around in that in the AL Central. I think they're three and a half back. Yep. Not that they're going to make a move but <laughs> they're in striking distance so yeah. <laughs> i mean it's... yeah I they're 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 actually closer in the division than they are in the wild card <laughs> right think about it cleveland is cleveland and detroit they're three and two games under 500 respectively and they're only three and a half and three games out of their division yeah. The no, Yankees are playing 500 ball in that division in the last 10 games. Everyone's just kind of just feeling it out and just you know, <laughs> one step forward, one step back. Yeah. This is kind of what they did last year, that division. Yeah. That it's division. just that Cleveland wasn't so erratic. They were just kind of consistently above average. Right. And we all, ex- yeah. And we, yeah. And like we just expected the White Sox to run away with it last year. This year they've completely are tanking. They're, they're nine out now and 14 games below 500. And we kind of expected, you know, like Minnesota to, I, well, I kind of expected them to start to pull away a little bit, but yeah, they're just not. Like you said, they're one step, you know, once above two steps back or vice versa, they just can't get going. It's amazing. And then in the National League, there's only five teams over 500. It's it's incredible. It's um like what's Pittsburgh. going on with San Diego? Yeah, San Diego. I was going to start with Pittsburgh, but San Diego. Uh, Red Sox are going out there this weekend. Um, I think it's the pitching. Because so I was looking at some of the the matchups um, coming up, the pitching matchups. It was Snell is pitching on Friday. He's one in five with a four ERA. Musgrove is pitching Saturday. He's one and one with a six and a half ERA. And then Waka is four and one, but his ERA is four. So, yeah, I mean, 
I think it might be the pitching with San Diego. You know, I mean, it's just because I'm looking at that lineup and that lineup is too good to be under 500. You there? So yeah, looking at the National League, it's it's completely different than the American League because there's only five teams over 500. Um, and I mean, I think you mentioned San Diego. It's it's bad for San Diego right now. I mean, with that lineup, they should not be under 500. No, definitely not. I don't care how bad the pitching is. When you got Machado, Soto, Tatis, Bogarts in the middle of that lineup, how are you guys below 500? I mean, and how are they just like offensively though? They're still not going, right? Yeah, Bogarts has come back down to earth. Soto, none of them have been hot together in the first month and a half. Right. And you would think that they would be, but. Yeah, no, I agree. Bad too. Yeah. Everyone, you could say Cronenworth, 210. Kim, 230. Bogarts, 268. Mochado, 231. Soto, 252. 
Tatis, 289. That's good. But nobody's hitting. Carpenter, right? All Yankee fans wanted him back. He's batting 195. So, I don't know. Even with the pitching as bad as it is. Yeah, we can look at it the other way, though, and say, look, they're they're playing horrible and they're still only two games under. Right. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But, I mean, eventually... They go three and seven in their last 10 Dodgers go eight and two. And all of a sudden you're seven games out. Right. And that's why, yeah, the Dodgers have played good. You know, like we were a couple of weeks ago, we were like eh, we're a little worried about the Dodgers. Yep. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> no, the Dodgers are just going to do what the Dodgers do. And this year they're doing it with the relative youth movement. Uh, Muncie's gotten healthier and much better. Um, he's regained his swing. Kershaw is still, I don't know how he's doing it, but he still looks like the vintage young Kershaw. He's a pitcher, man. Like a lot of these guys that could throw hard and then, you know, when they start losing ticks on their fastball, it's like they take a while to reinvent themselves, but he's kind of done it on on the fly, right? I mean, he's just yeah. reinvented himself. He's a great pitcher. I mean, he just knows how to pitch. He's, he looks like a guy that could have pitched till he's 40. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> easily. Um, and, you know, and, we, you know, the, we, we, we talked about them in the offseason, like they didn't go after any of the big free agents and they let Trey Turner go and uh, um, the guy you got, Turner as well. So, but they're the Dodgers. They just plug somebody in and they just continually to produce. And right now they're looking good. You know, and 27 and 15. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Outman has been a, a really good find for them. Um, yep. James Outman, the outfielder. Uh, they bring in J.D. Martinez. I, I think a lot of it's Max Muncie regaining his form. Kershaw, Arias, solid one-two. Uh, just a good team, yeah. And then um, go to the NL Central. Central. Yeah. Pittsburgh, <laughs> two and eight in their last 10. Hmm. No Pittsburgh fans are going to say that they're still only one game out, but it's not trending in the right direction. No. And this, this could go down quick too for Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, this is I a team. They we're talking about contract extension talks with um, the pitcher. Uh, what's his oh, name? Keller. Mitch Keller. Yes. Mitch Keller. Mm hmm. I think that would be a smart move. It would show the fan base that, look, it's not just this one fluke run in one month of the year. We're kind of trying to build something. So. Yeah. 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 that's a... I'm with you. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with them. Yeah. It's a great, it was a great story for the first month of the season, but eventually you play who you are. Right. I mean, yeah. Baseball is a long season. So if you have a hot month, that's great, but you got to have three or four other good months to stay, you know, to stay where you are. And they're just, they're just not, I mean, and I think they're lucky that the Cardinals are as bad as they are, or they might even be worse, right? St. Louis is still eight games below 500, even with, you know, beating you guys for a couple of games there. I mean, they're still, but they're eight games below 500, but they're only six and a half out. (laughs) So doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Between the American League and the National League, or 
if you take out the East, you know, like with us in the American League East, we take out our division, it, everything makes sense, I guess. But I was the only division that makes that doesn't make sense. There's a lot of hovering around 500 right now. Yeah, that they're not sure what they are. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, the Mets. Yeah, <laughs> 20 and 22, four and six in their last 10, six and a half out. I mean, look, they're in fourth place technically right now, but if they win a game, they can they can flip it and be in second place in one day. Right. But they're still looking up at Atlanta. Miami's quietly a game under 500. Philadelphia is doing what they always do. I can't even explain them. And Washington is they're not going to be there at the end of the year, but they're being they're being peskier than I thought they'd be. Yeah, me too. I agree. <laughs> it's just I don't I don't know about the Mets. I I guess this is what you get when you base your rotation on two 40-year-olds, but right. And you throw in a guy like Carrasco who's 36. You know, you got him 36, Scherz is 38, Verlander up there, he's 40. So, you know, and then you didn't know what you were going to get with Singa, right? Yep. I mean, you were hoping you were going to get something really good, but he's been, I would say, mixed, right? A little inconsistent. Yeah. Um, David Pat, David Peterson's had to pitch, had to start. That hasn't gone well. His ERA is over eight, so that's not ideal, no. <laughs> as they say. <laughs> um, uh, Lucchese hasn't been bad. Uh, yeah, it's and Scherzer is, you know, he's ta- he was talking about the shoulder. I just I want to try to avoid going on the DL on the IL. That doesn't sound good when a pitcher's saying that. I mean, no, that's not good at all, especially at his age and his history with all the injuries he's had and going back to his last year with with the Dodgers not being able to make his playoff start and then last year with the Mets being injured and not pitching well in the playoff game against San Diego. And now, and now this year, that's not looking good. And he's got one more year left on his contract if he doesn't opt out after this year, which I doubt if he opts. I doubt he's going to opt out because, you know, he wants to get that whatever he's going to get, $35 million, $40 million. So, um, yeah, this is going to be interesting. And I think the Mets have enough prospects where they can make a move, right, to – I don't know what they're going to do, though. Are they going to bolster the the – the lineup, or are they going to go after a good pitcher? Well, they might have do you think? To do both. Right. Yeah. Maybe one of each. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they are starting like this goes back to last year, right? Trading for Daniel Vogelbach at, at the trade deadline last year made no sense. I'm sorry. Um, and they got Darren Ruff. You know, you got all these little pieces that you, you didn't need those, you need big bats. I know yeah. Volgabot's a big player, but he's not, you, you know, an impact. Yes. Acquisition. Right. I think when someone told the GM we need a big bat, he probably thought size wise and not impact bat. So he got the biggest dude around or one of the biggest guys in Volgabach. But yeah. Uh, yeah, for a guy who's DHing, he's got two home runs. It's not going to get it done. No. And, you know, Marte's not hitting well either. He's only got a home run, batting 243. Nimmo's, Nimmo's great. 
Nimmo, you can't complain about, but everybody else, you could kind of nitpick. Even Alonzo, yeah, he's got the 13 homers, 31 ribbies, but he's only batting 232. You know, it's that's not great. Lindor, 224. Beatty, yeah, let's play the kids. Let's play the kids. All right. He's batting 240. Um, Alvarez batting 225. The other kid, this is what you got. You know, simple with the with the Mets as being look, you just gotta ride this out and hope these guys. I hope the veterans go back to producing what they normally produce. And hopefully the rookies just find their sea legs. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Not, that's what, you have yeah. to overhaul the roster again. And Oof. I don't know about that. I don't know how they're going to, because you got a lot of guys with guaranteed contracts. Like what, what are you going to, who are you going to trade? You know, I, I don't know who you're going to move or do you just eat contracts and, I mean, you already got a payroll at 346 or whatever it is with the tax. It's 380. I mean, what do you do with that? This is a team that's got to win today. You know, they're yeah. not worried about next year or yep. year after. So, um, yeah, this is going to be interesting. I mean, what happens if this team doesn't, let's say if they make the playoffs, but they they crap out and, you know, the division series or something is – do you think a Showalter is going to be on the hot seat? Do you think he's going to go? Do you think the GM? I think he's on the hot seat, definitely. Um, yeah. If they don't make the playoffs, he's gone. Yeah, I think so too. If they if they don't make, I think if they don't make the playoffs or they don't win a series in the playoffs, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, anything other than that, then you could just say, oh well, one of the top players didn't perform or something happened. Maybe right. the GM goes but something's got to happen for this team. And a lot of pressures on the GM, right? Because think about it, a couple of years ago when Cohen bought the team, you know, he set the goal, like, listen, I want to be in a world series in the next three to five years. So that puts all the pressure on the GM. Like, okay, you got three years to fix this and to get us into world, into a world series. So yeah, he went, he spent money like crazy and signed as much as he could to get this team you know, back to the world series and they're nowhere near the world series right now. And no, I, I don't know, like there's not much movement you can make, right. With all their contracts, you're not going to be able to move these guys. Um, and you still got to resign. You got to extend Alonzo at some point in the next year or two. So that's going to be another big time contract that you got to take care of. So it's going to be interesting. This, uh, this could get really ugly this year. Um, I feel bad because I think Showalter is a really good manager, so I'm not blaming him at all at this. I just think, like like you said earlier, you know, you you're putting your, you know, you're signing two uh, aging starters. Yeah, starting uh, signing one would have been good, but signing both, that was that's trying starting to catch up. Even though Verlander looked okay, though, I think he's looked all right. When yeah. he's right, he's not so bad. So, um, I'm more concerned about Scherzer, just the way he, you know. He said about his shoulder, I'm trying to stay off the, the IL, and that does not sound good to me. So, no, um, he did look then, good in the last start, but yeah. And then getting back to our teams as far as injury updates and roster moves, I know the Red Sox finally designated Ryan Brazier for assignment. Thank God. I was going to say that I'm, I seen on, on social media, it was like a celebration. Like you guys almost, oh my God. last year's <laughs> was 5.78. This year's ERA was seven point two nine. 
<laughs> it, it had gotten to the point where Red Sox Twitter thought that he had like compromising photos of like of ownership because why is he sticking around? It was just he he was bad. He was and he he was a part of the 2018 World Series run and he was actually pretty good then and it just fell apart quickly for him. But, yeah. And Jolie Rodriguez was activated from the 15-day IL. So that gives them another lefty in the bullpen. Um, and then after that, uh, I know Kike Hernandez was out of the lineup for a second straight day with a sore left hamstring. Um, they just said basically better be safe than totally go out there and totally blow his hamstring out. So safe than sorry. And the other one is John Schreiber exits. I guess he had right lat tightness uh they were down they were down a bunch when he came into the game but he's he's been thrown to a 2.1 era so that's always a big loss so it's yet to be seen who they're going to bring up for the schreiber injury but um basically anytime you can switch out ryan brazier for another pitcher it's a win yeah (laughs) that's like I just laughed because I seen it. It was everybody was there was not one person that said, oh, this is not good. You know, this is I always liked Brazier. I didn't see one tweet about that. So that was good news for you guys, at least. Yep. (laughs) And then besides Severino, you mentioned Stanton has it's been pretty quiet with him, though. Yeah, I I, they did say he started um, baseball activities, not a rehab assignment or anything like that, but just kind of swinging and hitting and all that. So I would assume a rehab assignment's coming up soon, I would think. Um, so maybe June we'll see him. I'm only guessing that. We haven't been getting, you know. Uh, but Tommy Canely, he's going to start his rehab assignment with low A Tampa on Thursday. Um, that's going to be his first uh, in-game action since his bicep tendonitis um, that he had during spring training. So he's probably going to take at least four or five appearances. I would, you know, at least that. And I, I'm, I can't remember the date, but I, I know he's on the 60 day DL and he can't come back until May. It's the end of May somewhere there. So let's say June, let's say the beginning of June, he'll be back. So you still got a couple of weeks more to go with him until we see him again. Um uh, like I said, with Rodon, it's just very strange with the back. Even with him saying it, I don't feel any pain. It's just when I throw the ball, and so yeah, it just seems very, very weird in that sense. Josh Donaldson might be back too. Um, he's been ramping up stuff too. I, I didn't see anything about a rehab assignment yet, but uh, who else? Um, Stanton Donaldson, Luizaga is still a far, he's still far away to come back. I think Kainley, when he comes back, that'll be big for the bullpen. That's just another big arm for that bullpen. And then obviously in a couple of months when Luizaga gets back, you know what, then the bullpen's going to get back to what it was, you know, one of the better bullpens in the league. So, um, yeah, because that used to be that used to be the Yankee strength and you could shorten the games up and yeah, just rely on the bullpen. But 
yeah, so that's I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that. You know, Stanton in the in the lineup is huge because you got another big bat and you don't have like Calhoun taking at bats at DH. Um, what do you think about what they're doing with uh, Bowers? I, I started I was watching a couple of the replays of games and look, he's not a world beater, but I think he's going to carve out a niche for this on this team. Right. I, I think so. I it, It'll be interesting, though, when, you know, when Donaldson comes back and when Stanton comes back, where is he going to fit in? Um, I know he, he's still going to play left field. Um, they did mention that Stanton is going to play the field when he does come back. So Ideally, I would think Bowers would be, and Yankee fans are going to say, of course, but he would be the replacement for Hicks. Yeah, but problem is Hicks is still here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's yep. still taking up a spot. That's why if if Donaldson and and Stanton come back, I would all right, Calhoun's got to be one of the moves. Yeah. And then the other one is going to be it's either Bowers and I don't think Bowers has any I don't um, think so. He's a little he's he's not as young as no, he's 27. He and he's been up before with what Cincinnati, I think. And yeah, I'm not saying he's you know the next. No, no, no. I know one. I'm just saying he's a useful player, and he showed me something so far. He's yeah, his bat is not bad. I have to say, I, I you know, he's got a nice swing now. You know, good for um, Yankee Stadium, obviously, from the left side. Um, his glove is not great. Yeah, he's passable at best in left field but hopefully when stanton comes back you know we'll see him play the field a little bit um yeah it's gonna be um that's when it starts to get tricky like canely when he comes back yeah you, you could pick one of the the arms maybe finally we'll say goodbye to albert abreu because he's been so awful i guess he's our ryan brazier <laughs> you know like nobody it, wants him on the team anymore. though with abreu I, the last couple times i watched him pitch his stuff is there. I think that's why the team just doesn't want to just drop him because it's, it is I mean, high nineties. It doesn't seem like a big deal. Guys throwing upper nineties, but still I'm watching his stuff and his stuff moves. He's got a live arm. It's just, I think it's as simple as he doesn't know where it's going. Right. And that's, I don't know if you could trust that in big time spots. No. Um, they did bring up, uh, Debbie Garcia earlier in the week, he had a couple of, uh, decent appearances. So maybe he's a guy that they're going to try to bring up again. You know, that would be nice. Um, so yeah, but I know for one thing, you know, like I said, uh, Brito, uh, he came in last night, they started, um, Jimmy Cordero as an opener pitched two good innings first two and Brito was cruising after that up until the eighth inning when they gave up a couple of runs. So, um, uh, you know, it would be, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Brito stay up and him and Schmidt kind of work as the fifth starter, you know, one guy start depending on matchups and all that, but I, I guess they don't want to do that either. So, um, yeah, I feel bad because Brito's Brito hasn't been that bad compared to Schmidt. You know, I think, you know, when you look at his numbers, they're, Brito might be a little bit better, but Brito's got the option to be sent down. So it becomes a numbers game with him and, and Schmidt. Um, yeah. And Schmidt, I guess they don't want to admit that he's just not that good, you know, and they're just going to keep running him out there. And 
maybe he'll get it this week. You know, maybe he'll figure it out. But I don't know. It seems like he's better suited for the bullpen. You know, he's good for an inning or two, sometimes three innings, four. But then after that, it's he's done. So we'll see. The next few weeks, we'll see some movement on this roster, and it'll be interesting, you know, and then think about it. Next couple of weeks, you get closer to June, into June, middle of June. Then, you know, teams are like, okay, we're ready to trade. You know, we we know what we need. We know what we are. Then you start to at least start to hear the trade rumors. Maybe not a trade, but at least you'll start hearing rumors and we'll start seeing movement from teams. Yeah. And this week, the rest of the week is the Red Sox two games against Seattle. Like I said, hopefully you can just flush yesterday's game and take two out of three. Then Thursday they're off and they have a nine game road trip in 10 days, San Diego, LA and Arizona. Okay. So it's eight nights. We got the, um, we got the four game series going on now in Toronto. We won the first game seven to four last night. And then um, got three more with Toronto. Then we go to Cincy for three games over the weekend. And then next week it's uh, back home against Baltimore and the Padres. And I'll be actually at not this Friday in, in Cincinnati, but the following Friday on the 26th, I'll be at the stadium. Nice. Um, taking my did daughter. You, so. Did you see Cincinnati's city connect uniforms? You know what? They weren't bad. I have to say, you know, for city connect, because some of them have been. Some of them get really bad. They weren't awful. They, I would say middle no. of the pack. Yeah, exactly. I, I still think like the Seattle one was the best. Um, yes. I really like the white socks, the one that says Southside yep. on it. Um, which one else was good? Um, San Diego's I, I was bad. Boston won, but they seem to win in it. Um, <laughs> San Diego's is pretty bad. Yep. Angels one is not awful. Retro ones, but. Yeah. Like the Angels one is not awful, but it's not great either. It's not the worst. It's not the Padres, I think, are. Yeah. That's not the worst. The Rockies is not so bad. I just don't like the green. Um, what are some of the other ones? I That's why I'm kind of. Out either way, then they're just like, yeah, eh, you know. I'm just worried, like if the Yankees do one, like I, I don't, I don't want it to be awful, you know, like I, and I'm afraid it will be. That's my biggest, my biggest fear. So they'll do like the pinstripe sideways or something. Something they'll, they'll, I don't know. I, I don't even know what they'll do. That's the thing. Like I, I, I don't know. I just hope they don't mess it up, but I, I have a feeling they will. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wish they would just do like a retro jersey, like they did for the, um, uh, the field of dreams, yes. you know, like that. I would love that. That would be so awesome. Or just do. I think everybody should do a retro uniform instead of City Connect. But yeah, I would. Oh, that would be so awesome. Or even if they did a City Connect, they could go simple and just kind of work off what they use for spring training. You know, the blues. Yeah. The navy. I would love that too. Blue with the NY. Maybe add something to it, but just keep it simple. Because once you get crazy and. Like Cincy, it's simple. It's black with red lettering, right? Yep. San Diego is like all over the place with the pink and all these colors. It just looks like, what are you doing? Like, what? <laughs> who thought of this? Like, who thought, well, this is what we got to do. Oh, that <laughs> looks great. 
printed. You know, like, I think we got like four different people in a in separate rooms, four artists, and each one added a different color. Right. They were each like, ah, oh, no, what this needs is more color. <laughs> it's just it's just too much to look at. Yeah, it is. It's too much going on. We don't need that in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, on this day in history, I have one for you for Yankee fans. May 16th is obviously the late, great Billy Martin's birthday. But also on his birthday in 1957, they celebrate Billy Martin's 29th birthday in, uh, in a pretty raucous fashion. They, uh, they get into a huge fight in a Manhattan club and that led to the eventual trade of Billy Martin to Kansas City. Apparently Hank Bauer started the fight by hitting another patron, although Bauer denied it the rest of his life. But wow, that was the uh, the final straw in Billy Martin's playing days with the Yankees. A birthday mm. brawl. Birthday brawl. <laughs> and I think it was I think he was best friends with Whitey Ford and Mickey Mail. And the story goes that they had to choose and and they didn't they were scared that Billy Martin was the bad influence when I think it was really Mickey Mantle's drinking and whatnot, but you're not gonna get rid of Mickey Mantle. So hmm. so it was tricky. But yeah. yeah, that was that was his birthday party on this day. Wow. It's interesting. Yeah. And then not on this day, but on the 14th, a couple of days ago, May 14th, it was the six-year anniversary that Derek Jeter's number two was retired. It's already been six years. Six years since his number's retired. That's crazy how quickly it's gone by, you know? Yeah. Unbelievable. And he goes from the first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, one short of a unanimous uh, vote, to guy who's the worst what the most overrated player in the in the hall of fame the worst defender yeah of course it's amazing how people just nitpick on things and just turn argument is i can see if you want to get into the defensive metrics he's not the worst he's not the best right but the dumbest argument is if you put him on the kansas city royals who is he he's george brett (laughs) okay He's still a Hall of Famer. <laughs> of course, like those three thousand something hits just don't disappear. Three thousand four hundred sixty-five hits. They don't. They don't go away just because you go to a crappy organization. Like take away every postseason thing he did, just he erase that. Like thirty-four hundred hits. Right. Like just put him on. Put him on Pittsburgh. He still has thirty-four hundred hits. You know, two hundred sixty homers, three ten career batting average. 1900 plus runs scored, 1300 RBIs, 358 stolen bases. You know, he's still all this. Forget about the, you know, all those five time World Series champion and all that stuff. World Series MVP. I don't, I don't care about any of that. He goes in, if he's on the Pittsburgh Pirates, he goes in with like 96% instead of 99. Right. Yeah, of course. There's some people didn't see him in the playoffs, or they didn't. Right. They, they didn't win anything or something. But there's no. There's he's still no a problem. Hall of Famer. <laughs> That's the yeah. point. I mean, he's not, and he's. I, 
I, I hate the word overrated because he's not overrated. He, to me, he's almost underrated. He's almost like, I, I can't wait to watch it, but they made that film about Yogi Berra that's coming out. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, I, I can't wait to watch it because he is underrated. Like when you yeah, see his numbers, is. he doesn't get the credit. He just doesn't. He's like one of the greatest ball players that I, ever lived. Well, unless they, I mean, it's tough to rank people that you haven't seen in person play. Right. But with Yogi Berra, it's almost like people assume, oh, he was just a part of the team and he was just there for iconic moments. Right. <laughs> it's like, you can't just get that lucky. You have to. Uh, he's 10 time. 10 time world series champion. Yeah. 10. That's it's crazy. One of the greatest catchers to ever live. I think he's I think he's underrated. I really do. Um, or underappreciated. I hate that word too sometimes, but underappreciated is is a little better word. But I mean he, he's just an amazing and people like remember what Barra for for what he said, right? Being that kind of, you know, funny, you know, the the yogiisms and stuff like that, which I think sadly some people remember him more for that than for his playing. And the yeah. guy was just you know, like I said, 10-time World Series winner, three-time MVP, 18, this is crazy too, 18-time All-Star. Yeah, that position. Right, at catcher. Um, Speaking of catchers all-time, mm-hmm. you know the, the that AI chat thing, the GPT? Yeah. They just, they just spit out their best catchers of all time. Okay. And, I actually think they got it pretty right. They got Johnny Bench one, Yogi Berra two, Roy Campanella, Carlton Fisk, Pudge Rodriguez, and then the bottom five were Piazza, Gary Carter, Ted Simmons, Bill Dickey, and 10, Buster Posey. Hmm. I don't know about that. A little bit. Yeah, you could you could um you could say that they missed Maurer, you could say that they missed Thurman Munson. Bill Dickey? Did you did you say Dickey? No, they didn't. They listed Bill Dickey at nine. They didn't okay. list Elston Howard. But who are you taking off that list? Yeah, maybe Campanella for yeah. top ten. Um, I was I was pleasantly surprised by that. I just came across that. Well, just quickly, when you look at the Jaws leaders, right? We we like to go that go that route with Baseball Reference. They got Bench one, Carter two. Rodriguez three, Fisk four, Piazza five, Barra six, Maurer seven, Dickey eight, Mickey Cochran ninth, and then Gabby Hartnett tenth. Okay, the Cubs guy. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, then you got Simmons, Munson, Tennis, Posey, Buck Ewing, Bill Freehan, and then Roy Campanella. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, um, because I don't know, a I lot know of these guys list that they did, they didn't list yeah. Barry Bonds. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got to put Bonds in the top three <laughs> or five at least at the very least. Yep. Forget about leaving them off the list. That's a, He's one of the greatest players to ever play. I don't care what with the yeah. That's a computer glitch. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. That makes no sense. 
So um, I do have a trivia for you too. Okay. Real quick before we go. Um, seen it on Yes Network the other day. Since 1980, there's only been three pitchers that have won 20 or more wins in a season at least four times. Who are they? Hmm. I'll give you a hint. One of them is not Greg Maddox. I checked. <laughs> I No, because I checked. I'm like, wait a minute. Maddox had to do it. this. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He only won it. I, th- I think he only got 20 twice. But he also got 19 three times. So he just missed it. Uh, let me see. 20. Yeah, he got 20 back to back in 92 and 93. And then he never got it again. But he went 19, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Five times, 18 another time. So he was close. But one you should know very well. <laughs> oh, boy. The other two are, you know, they're tough. I'm going to say. But you definitely know them. There's no way he got four of them. Maybe he did. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw. No. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I w- I wouldn't guess anybody from the last ten years or so. Kershaw has won twenty twice. Huh. Two, 2014 and twenty eleven. Did okay. Uh... Randy Johnson? No. Wow. He did yeah. not. Let me see. Um, as we're talking. Tom I, Glavin. Tom Glavin, yes. That's one. Tom he Glavin. won it. Um, he won 20 five times, actually. Wow. Five? Randy, one, two, three. Only three times. Oh, um, Roger Clemens. Correct. Six times. Jesus. And then the last one? Last one would be... (laughs) Am I overthinking this? American League West. Oh, American League West. Okay. Um, (laughs) Oh, boy. And to make it better, he is not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, he's only, um, great postseason pitcher. Say again? Great postseason pitcher. Yep. Um, Dave Stewart. Yes. Four straight years from 87 wow. to 1990. 20, 21, 21, and then 22. You think he belongs in the Hall of Fame? He's got 168 career wins. Yeah, I don't know about that. Got, uh, let's see. He's a... Uh, only been to one all-star game, three-time World Series champion, two-time ALCS MVP, one-time World Series MVP. I don't no think Cy Young. Numbers. Yeah, no Cy Youngs. His highest was second. One second and two-thirds and a fourth were his highest for Cy Young. You take away those four years and... That's half his wins. Yeah, in four years. Yeah, he's just a guy that, look, he's a part of the team's history. He's a great player, but he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, like he bounced around for 
most of his first part of his career. I mean, when he won 20 games, that was the first time he won more than 10. And that was when he was 30. Yeah, he just figured it out late. Yeah, from 30, 31, 32, 33. And then after that, he was back to being 500 and, you know, just got older and, you know, been on a bunch of teams, but just couldn't, you know. But yeah, I mean, great postseason player, pitcher, I should say. Um, but for like four years, that was it. Yeah. He had so a four-year Hall of Fame. fame. <laughs> it was a four-year Hall of Fame career, if you want to say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> when does the Yogi movie come out? Uh, I, You know what? They they were promoting it. It's got to be really soon. Okay. Uh, so once that comes out, we can talk about that too. And... Yeah. I. Because I did see um, a commercial for it, so. Yeah. I, and I don't know if it's just going to be in the movies or they're going to go right to. Uh, It'll know. probably have a combination of both. Yeah. Yeah. So. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Um, so that was episode 97 of Talking Rivals. And hopefully we'll have a couple guests on in our next couple of episodes and then we'll do something for episode 100. We'll figure that out. And uh, until next time, you can find us at Talking Rivals on Twitter. Chris is at CP7NY. I'm at Patrick Trotty. Uh, TalkingRivals.com. Uh, Sportswire Radio. Sportsnarium.com backslash player. Thanks to Tom Bryce, the station manager. And wherever you get your podcasts. And until next week, enjoy the games. Take care.